You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd. Locked On Browns available free on all your podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you've subscribed or followed the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings and written reviews, please and thank you. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast back in brand new eric crocker will be doing the player evaluation ryan tracy with the analytics whether it is odyssey whether it is apple whether it is google make sure you are checking out the new and improved locked on nfl draft podcast first things first this um is your wednesday episode wednesday 9 22 marks the four-year anniversary that you knuckleheads have been stuck with me as host of locked on browns um it's amazing um, that the journey is here at a four-year point. It's amazing the product that I covered daily here from where it was on September 22nd, 2017 to where this product is now on September 22nd, 2021. It's been a hell of a ride. The work ain't done yet. Hopefully, we just reach more and more new heights with this franchise. Joining in for the ride today, you know him, you love him. Brown's uh, work, obviously, Lions work. Um, his weekly columns over at the real GM, which I am, oh, am, and always have been a huge fan of Mr. Jeff Risden. Jeff, how are we doing this morning, sir? Uh, happy anniversary, Jeff. I can't believe it's been four years that you've been doing this. That's crazy. That's awesome. For real. For real. When I opened the email yesterday, cause we get the weekly emails, obviously I was like, Oh wow. Four, four. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Man, you're right. We have come a very long way. You know, I, I, I was looking back. You know, I, I like to look back. One of the things that I do for article ideas is to look back at, at like what I wrote like one year or two or three years ago, and some of the topics were just like like trying to sell myself that that Kenny Britt could be a wide receiver and things like that. It's, <laughs> we don't have these problems anymore. Um, we, we've gone from third world problems to first world problems, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I still go back to uh, early in 2018 and um, going. Maybe if they could get Brashard Perriman a little bit more involved, maybe they have something here. Um, so it's crazy how yeah. things work. Just crazy how things work. And, um, you know, if anybody, you know, for anyone who was there in 2017, basically the show, you know, it was five days a week then. Basically it was your pregame show of how did the Browns not get their ass kicked on Sunday to the Monday show of the Browns got their asses kicked on Sunday. And then draft, 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 draft. Um, and then back to the routine of, you know, don't get your butts kicked. And they did get the butts kicked. Um, but Jeff's along here for the ride. Um, offensively, Jeff, you know, I, I think the thing that's probably got everybody, you know, a little bit up in arms in like Brown's Twitter and Brown's social media is always up in arms. I think the problem was is with as crisp as the offense looked week one against Kansas City, and this may have been a testament to the defense the Kansas City Chiefs had on the field that day, or it may be even a testament to where that defense is to this point. It wasn't nearly as crisp on Sunday versus the Texans. And you still put up 31 points. Obviously, you still won a ball game by 10. Um, and of course, Jarvis Landry going out, and you know, well, who knows? However, you know, obviously that'll work out um, as far as you know how the Browns can manipulate in the next few weeks while Jarvis is on the mend. Um, but I think that's maybe the thing. You know, obviously, you expected against what looks like a weaker opponent, 
you were going to have a better effort. Um, the fact that, you know, we saw a lot of vertical passing week one against Kansas City. We didn't really see any of it in week two versus Houston. I mean, there's a lot of avenues with this, but at the end of the day, this team is one and one, pretty much like everybody expected they would be. I don't think anybody expected to at all. And this offense is averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, I'm not sure where the, the big problem is. I think the expectations for for what Houston was and what Houston actually was is something that, that the Browns fans probably have to come to terms with. Houston is not the worst team in the NFL. They have a – look, they're not good. Don't get me wrong. They have guys <laughs> on that team who can play, though. Justin Reed is a very good young yep. safety um, and, and has been. You know, they, they patched – a lot of holes with, with serviceable, but Terrence Money Mitchell is one of their starting cornerbacks. We, we know him. We, we know what he can do. We know, we know his limitations, but we also know he's, he's a quality NFL player. Eric Murray's out there. You know, they have some guys on defense. They're not completely bereft of talent as what a lot of the national narrative was and what the Cleveland narrative was. And I do think that that, that expectation that Houston was just going to be this god-awful team that, you know, much like the, the 2017 Browns, that that's just not who they are. They're better than that. And I, I think that the, the expectations got built up so much, especially after the impressive week one um, offensive outing and, and, you know, what they did against Kansas city. And I, I dare say that Houston has as much talent. They don't, they don't, have, they don't have a Chris Jones, but if you go back from that, they might be better than, than what Kansas city is. Obviously uh, they don't have Tyron Matthew, but Justin Reed did a pretty good impression of him. You, know, you, you do have to give the opponent a little bit of credit from time to time. Uh, and I thought Houston played a good game, uh, but the Browns were clearly better. They, they, they did what they wanted to do for the most part. Uh, like you said, the, the vertical game, it wasn't there. I thought the Texans did a pretty good job of, of trying to, to stop that and to, to make Baker look underneath. You know, that was their game plan. And maybe, maybe being dictated to by, by a Houston defense, maybe that's a problem. And, and I would certainly entertain that as an argument, but I, you know, I mean, you, you put up 31. Uh, Jarvis Landry played two snaps. Odell Beckham was out. You know, I, I, I'm i not seeing what, you know, you, you had your, your left tackle was hobbled um, and, and played okay. Wasn't his best game, but but for, you know, showing up and being out there, I, I, I give him credit for that. You know, it, it just wasn't a perfect game, but they still got the win. I think that's that's getting lost. You know, the, the, there's some people that are treating this almost like they lost, and that's that's just not the way to go. No, no. And, you know, I guess, and, you know, and everybody look, you know, until we start blowing teams out, you're not going to assume that blowouts are going to happen. And I think the Houston Texans are basically maybe to equate it to like boxing. They're this team that everybody thinks is going to get knocked out every week. And they're not. They're going to take you the distance. And that's certainly what Houston did, you know, on Sunday with Tyrod, obviously more formidable than, you know, Davis Mills, um, you know, but, you know, they're, you know, they're a roster heavy, heavy with veterans, very, very um, old roster. Um, and, you know, we're not going to get to this now, but you know, like I was mentioning, um, they don't have to tank. They don't have to lose. They have the luxury of having Deshaun Watson in their back pocket so they can manipulate whatever they want to do as far as, you know, where they end up drafting in April. But for right now, Houston Texans are going to play out this string. We've hit maybe the first issue problem in this season, Jeff, offensively. And it's weird to think it's at the wide receiver position because it just seemed like this was something that was just so set up to go. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, as great as his summer was, it's not really translated into any regular season success. Anthony Schwartz, I would say typical rookie to this point, had a really, really nice week one. Week two, just 
you know, struggling to find his way now that defenses kind of know who he is. Um, the word is, and it looks like Odell Beckham Jr. is getting ramped up to hopefully return this week. But it, we've, for me, Jeff, it feels like we've seen this scenario before at the wide receiver position and in years past. And it usually seems it's about this time where they say, hey, Richard, yeah, uh, I know we've been ignoring you. Uh, somehow we keep forgetting um, but can you go out and do that thing where you kind of pretend you're the wide receiver one of this franchise for about a month or so? You know, that he's around for a reason. And so, so my, my view of this game, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it back to Sunday. I listened to the game in its entirety in the car um, for the first time. And then I went back and Dad I watched life, it. Baby. Yesterday Dad life, baby. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, a a five-hour drive, it killed the game very nice. It killed the day very nicely. Um, and, and one of the things that stood out to me was how much the Jim, Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon, the Browns radio team, talked about and, and emphasized when Richard was in the game. Um, like, like they're, they're thinking the same thing you are, Jeff. Like, hey, th- it's time for somebody to step up. This is the guy who's done it before. This is the guy who has chemistry with Baker. Um, and then I went back and watched, rewatched, and I watched the game and I was like, God, it was kind of hard to find him. You know, he just didn't do a lot. You know, I, I did see a lot of, uh, especially there was some three tight end sets. There was quite a bit of that after, after yep. Juice went out and, and that went early. Um, and I like that. Uh, I, I think they needed to do more off of it, quite honestly. I, I liked what Harrison Bryant did. He was a mismatch in that game. And I don't think that they went to him enough, mm-hmm. uh, especially later in the game. So, I mean, they do have some options here. You know, Bryant's good. David Njoku didn't have a great game, but, but you know, he's, he's a capable weapon. Yeah, somebody's got to step up. You know, you're right. The book is out on Schwartz, um, and, and he's got to he's got to adjust to what the NFL adjustment is. That's one of the toughest things for rookies. Donovan Peoples-Jones is sort of doing the same thing because there's just not a lot of tape on him from last year. You know, defenses have figured out that you know if you get in his head a little bit, um, he, he he's he's unreliable, um, and that that's what we saw this past weekend. So you know, the, the adjustments to the adjustments to, to play that cliche. It's something that the Browns have to do, and I think they need to do a little bit better or quicker than what they, they thought they did and what they're doing. But, yeah, if you can get a guy like Higgins to roll in, you know, I, I'm optimistic that Odell will be back, and I'm optimistic that he can catch six passes for 80 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. against Chicago this week. I, I, I can absolutely see that happening. Um, and, and then everybody will, will, will turn the narrative like, oh, now, now, now we're, you know, we're rich with wide receivers. Now we can trade Donovan Peoples Jones because you know, <laughs> he's probably perceived higher – that's just, you know, it's uh, it, it's a roller coaster, man. It's like being back at Cedar Point, back where I used to work in the day, <laughs> like riding riding the Magnum. You got the you know, the giant hills and valleys with it. Um, I, again, I, I think there's a lot of people that uh, Browns fans out there that that expect a little more than what they probably should. And I, I don't want to dampen the enthusiasm because this team is really good, and I think that they can win a lot of a lot of games deep into this playoff season too but they're not going to win every game not every game is going to go the way you think it might and uh just try not to get like over like you know find a rudder man don't don't keep you know swinging wildly um from from emotion to emotion it's a long season they added a game that's 17 games this team could play 20 21 games this year um let let's Let's just chill and, and enjoy the ride a little bit more than what we are because uh, this is a fun team. It's a fun game. Um, again, a 31-21 win, that uh, home opener where you didn't play your best and you still still beat a team by, by two scores, don't, don't lose sight of that. That, that, that. That's a good win. That's fun. 
Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, look, you have to expect that, you know, even though, you know, you had a full training camp this year, you had some preseason games, there's, there's rust and it just takes a while. And the other thing is, is, you know, this season more than any other, and I'm sure this is going on with an analytic driven team like the Browns is, you know, it's about, it's about getting where you need to be later in the year. It's about it, right now is about just finding a way. Yes. You want to marinate, you want everything to grow. You want everything to get better. But, you know, the understanding, you know, of a 17-game regular season, it's just about, A, number one, making sure the war of attrition, you've got guys to go to battle with later in the year. And number two, you're getting better. You're peaking as you get to that point. It might be great. I mean, you know, I used the Pittsburgh Steelers as an example last year. Everything looked pretty good. And then, you know, everyone started to realize, you know, <laughs> by eight, <laughs> nine. Exactly. Wait a minute. This is a farce. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, guess what? The wheels just absolutely fell off. So it's more about getting ready to be there to compete and just finding a way to get through it right now. We're going to flip it up. We're going to talk a little about the defensive side of the ball here. Jeff Risden along for the ride on your latest Lock on Browns. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for a free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. All the cash back gets added right to your account, you can cash out at any time on your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. Defensively, Jeff, um, again, now, you know, I think in week two, I think we maybe saw a little bit more promise week one. But we've been with Joe Woods for a while, and we've known what Joe Woods would like to do defensively with this team. I think with Grant Delpit on Sunday, with Ronnie Harrison getting to play more than five plays on Sunday, with where you're starting to see, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa starting to contribute, this team is getting faster, more athletic on defense. And for Joe Woods, we've listened to him talk for, it's got to be almost 20 months now, of what he was desiring or what his plan, what his vision was for what this Browns defense could be. You see Sunday, you see some of these players 
out there and it starts to click. And, you know, Joe Woods, who, and I believe it was 18, 18 snaps in dime on Sunday, something of that nature. John Costco, if you haven't checked it out, he had the numbers for us. Um, but you're starting to see it's, you know, this game has become so athletic in the NFL nowadays. It's starting to go that way with the Browns defense where I don't really care what you play. I want my 11 best athletes on the field. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're starting to see that. I think Delpit's addition was huge. I thought he played very well. I'm actually charting um, going through his game, um, and I'll have that up later today or tomorrow at Browns Wire, um, just evaluating what his first start was like or, or his first game was like in first game action in the NFL. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not far into it. I think he played 26 snaps. I think about six. Um, so, you know, the first impression, though, was like, wow, yes, th- this is what they need. This is an, an, ath- an athlete – who understands how to play football in the middle of the field on the defense. They need that. You know, Ronnie Harrison is out there, and, and it was good to have him out there. I thought he played fairly well upon first blush anyways. Um, but he's not the athlete. And I, and I think you do see a difference. And you see with Delpit and, and JOK out there, my goodness, they have – those two can do a lot of different things and, and are, are somewhat interchangeable um, despite being one the safety and one the linebacker. And I like the idea of being able to mix and match that my, my criticism from this game specifically was, was that they weren't aggressive. They were, they were more reactive than proactive. Um, and, and I know that's something that, that a lot of, of Browns Nation is, is frustrated with, is that you want to see them you know, maybe attack more, maybe dictate to the offense more what the offense can do, uh, especially when, when a guy like Davis Mills comes in, you know, a, a third-round rookie that you know, wasn't highly regarded, um, and, and they don't have a great line in Houston. It, it's okay. And they didn't really, like, other than the Delpit sack, you know, they didn't, they didn't attack as much as what you wanted. They, mm-hmm. It was sort of like, okay, we're going to let you take what we give you and just terminate the plays. And the, the lack of, you know, that, that foregone aggression um, to try to, you know, to try to dictate the game, that's not Joe Woods. And I think that's something that we have to come to terms with. Um, it's something that frustrates me. I know it frustrates a lot of the fans out there that are listening to this. You want to see them go and get it, and that, that's just not his style. Um, now, so that's why the speed, as you bring up, is so important because if you're going to be more reactive, you dang well better be able to make those plays and not be out of position and be able to recover if you, if you somehow mess up. And, and I do think that the Browns did a very good job with that on Sunday. Yeah, and and this was, you know, and you know, because everybody kind of got up in arms with it against the Chiefs. And if you saw, it's kind of exactly what the Ravens did. And you play around and you just, hey, if we get the opportunity where you make a mistake, hopefully we are you know, playing neck and neck with you. We could take this mistake and maybe turn it out to be the difference. Certainly that was the case uh, you know, Sunday night for the Ravens over the Chiefs. But, and you look at these offenses, you know, and look, you already played the Chiefs. You got the Ravens twice. Um, you know, and, and other offenses within the AFC, you're going to face the Chargers who have a really, really good offense. It may not be the approach you want. And, you know, yes, you're going to get beat by these quarterbacks anyway. So the last thing you want to do is say, all right, well, let's just blitz them. And then you end up with the Tyreek Hills of the world, the Marquise Browns of the world, the Keenan Allens of the world, where they're just wide the hell open and you just gave away 75 yards. At least make them work for it. Yeah, yeah. The the, the big key for me is, is can they take advantage of when the offense does make mistakes and can they do just a little bit um, of more deception or, or more, you know, 
maybe mix in a, 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 a different style of blitz just to try to force a mistake or two. You're absolutely right, Jeff. You have to be careful. Um, you can't you can't leave you know you can't leave somebody on an island against Tyreek Hill or 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 Keenan Allen or anything like that because they're just they're just they're just better. They're good players too. Um, I, I, the other teams have good players out there. You know you got to beat these good teams. I just want to see them maybe try to force an issue every now and then. And I I, I don't get that impression. Um, the defensive front has to win a little bit more consistently, and I think that's something that. You know, look, I thought Miles played okay. Um, it wasn't his best game in, in Houston. Uh, but every console is a good player. So, you know, I mean, there, there's some of that with it. But, you know, the, uh, Malik McDowell, so much good in the first game. Wasn't, didn't really stand out on, on, on first watch in, in, in week two. And, and so there's, you know, that, that's, that's where I think they have some room for improvement and, and room to help everybody else as if that defensive front can do a little bit more. And they have some talent there. It's just a case of those guys learning how to play with one another. And that's where I think Woods and, and the staff can make, you know, let them, let them do some twists. Let them do some, you know, you know overload assignments and things like that to just to dictate and, and make the offense think about it, especially when you're playing a guy, a rookie quarterback like Davis Mills. Oh, by the way, they're playing a rookie quarterback in, in Justin Fields this week, more than likely. Sounds like it anyways. Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing that I want to see them do. Um, and, and to spin it forward to Chicago a little bit, I want to see them attack Justin Fields and make him beat them. If he does, and, and Allen Robinson's a very good receiver, um, look, you can give up a couple of those, um, but you can't give up uh, like 10. And I'm worried that just sitting back um, and, and letting a guy get comfortable uh, like Fields, who, who has he has some ability, didn't, didn't play very well in week two, but there's something there with him long-term, and I, I am a Justin Fields advocate for, for Chicago in that, in that regard. Go out, go out and force him, man. You know, attack him. Make him see things that he doesn't think he sees. And, and you know, make him make bad decisions. Um, that, that's what you do to a rookie. That's what Bill Belichick did to Zach Wilson last week. And my goodness, you saw four, four interceptions and ten passes. Look, that's not going to happen with Justin Fields. But with the playmakers that the Browns have on the back end, they could get two. Um, and I would like to see that. And so I, I behoove, beseech Joe Woods, be a little bit more aggressive. You know, understand your enemy. You're, you're attacking an opponent that doesn't have a good offensive line and has a rookie quarterback making his first start. This is the time to unleash the hounds. Go get them. Well, and this is the thing, because, you know, with the Browns, you know, starting defensive line, which consists of the Maliks, Jadavian, and, you know, Miles Garrett, you're basically starting a NASCAR package at defensive line. Use that to your advantage. And look, if you can find a way where, you know, you possibly are going to get three on two when the offensive line can't adjust, you, this isn't like you're, you know, tr- you know you're, you're trying to create something because you're coming at it with lesser players. So you're trying to, you know, create an advantage for yourself. You can still create the advantage. But the problem is none of these guys are lesser athletes. These guys are all legitimate. And as much as, if they can't get home, they're all intelligent enough, you know, to use their wingspan, get in the quarterback's face somehow, some way, disrupt the throwing lane. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, let's not just go mano a mano every single rep. Um, again, these guys on the other side, you know, you know, the old line, they're on scholarship too. These guys are here for a reason. But now that you've got them and, you know, with Malik McDowell, I'm sure this week, you know, the first is always the easiest. Um, but now right. this week against Houston, it was kind of more of, you know, Houston's kind of got an idea about Malik McDowell and, and jokingly uh, with Jeff um, from years ago at the combine, Malik McDowell, <laughs> you need to listen and take to some coaching here a little bit. 
and you know uh, understand the growth and now maybe that there's a tad bit of a target on you and you're not just going to be able to blow through the a gap you know because people don't realize how big strong fast and electric you truly are they do know that now but creativity and you know because this defensive line there's so much on this defensive line and it's not that this secondary is not going to be able to cover and it's still certainly a work in progress and a lot of moving parts that are just finally getting to at least you know be together on the field but it's time and this defensive line with two sacks through two games that that's not cutting it for what's invested there as far as the overall potential and the four individuals who make up this defensive line, those four individuals need to start becoming more of a cohesive unit. Yeah, they do. And, you know, some of that's on Miles. You know, we expect Miles to be a front runner for defensive player of the year. I know I do. Um, and he hasn't been mm-hmm. that yet. He hasn't been. Every year. You're in, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not, there, there, some of it falls on the players, too. Miles has to be a little bit better. Um, don't, don't crush me, Miles. But, you know, I think he knows it, honestly. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he's aware that he's got to do a little bit more um, to, to help out his teammates. And so that, that's where I'm, that's where I'm really focusing. I'm looking forward to Chicago is, you know, can Miles Garrett take over a game? Um, this will be the worst left tackle that he plays. Um, no matter who the, the bears trot out there, uh, you know, there's opportunities there. And the other thing, I don't want to criticize him because I think he's played well and, and he's certainly been an upgrade over Andrew Sandejo. We haven't seen an impact from John Johnson yet either. And that, that's yes, something that I think, you know, a lot of us were expecting after what we saw in, in, in Bria and saw in the preseason, like, oh, yeah, we got an impact safety back there. So far, he's been fine, but he hasn't been like a difference maker. And I think that that's something that, you know, he, he's got a chance to make that happen, too. He has the talent. He certainly has the ability to do it. We, we, we sort of need to see that now. So if one of those two guys can step up, um, and, and, and or alternate games doing it, I think the Browns defense will be a lot better for it. They're just not there yet. Some of that again is you know that they didn't play a lot in the preseason. They they didn't play hardly at all in the preseason. They're still learning what one another does. They're still learning what Joe Woods wants with all the new pieces and all the you know substitutions in and out with with you know Harrison you know, getting ejected in week one. You know Clowney rolled his ankle a little bit. He, he sat out for a little bit this past week. I think it was an ankle, anyways. You know, they, they've got to get some cohesion and get some reps together. And I do think that that will, will get better. But, you know, the stars have to be stars. And thus far, they're not quite there yet. they get, they got to shine just a little brighter. 100%. And look, as, as great they are individually, it needs to start translating a little bit more as a group effort. We're going to get some, uh, a couple of ASC North thoughts, just a couple of NFL thoughts through two weeks with Jeff Risden on your latest Locked on Browns. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, that is directtv.com for direct TV stream. Bill Barr, as you guys know, they have been around with us forever. Actually, just got another shipment in the mail yesterday. So, of course, as always, thanks to the fine folks over at Bill Barr. Nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a Bill Barr fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorites. So if you don't know the Built Bar lineup by now, well, you're missing out. 
coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should get a mixed box, 18 bars in total, two, bar, two bars each of their nine flavors. Not only are they built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, CAPS15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. A four-way tie, Jeff, for first place in the AFC North. Bengals came back to reality in week two. Pittsburgh, back to reality in week two. Baltimore, probably back to reality in week two, getting to uh, a little bit more of what they're capable of. Um, but everybody here, one in one. Um, we'll see who starts to you know separate. Uh, you know, first things first, Cincinnati, you got to do something. It's, it's unsustainable what Joe Burrow is going through. And look, the thing that I don't get is, when you made the commitment to Jamar Chase over the offensive line with that draft pick, what that tells me, Jeff, is it is balls to the wall. We are throwing 40 times a game. We're throwing for 400 yards a game. Then I watched him Sunday against the Bears. And, yes, some of it dealt, was the coverage, but you're throwing six, seven yards. Like, none of this makes sense. If you went out and added another wide receiver to a wide receiver room that was pretty good to begin with, you're airing this sucker out like the Chiefs and like some of these other teams. And, you know, and then well, we're not sure if we have the pass protection. Well, no, you put yourself in this position. <laughs> it's funny because it's funny you say it because, uh, so I, I, as you know, I cover the Lions and we watched the Lions last night. Lions offensive line absolutely dominated Monday Night Football against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any receivers to throw to. So they have the opposite problem. Oh. It's weird, weird to see that middle contrast there. Um, yeah, it's, look, the Bengals, they're, they're, they're better than they have been. They're still not there. Uh, Burrow is dangerous, but he also proved dangerous. And, and he highlighted one of, the, one of the reasons why the Browns have to be careful this week. Three interceptions on three straight – an interception on three straight passes. One of them got taken back to the house, with, which wound up being the, the deciding score for Chicago. Look, you, you've got to take shots. You've got to be aggressive. And they, they're not doing it with their personnel – I don't blame Burrow so much, but you know, asking Burrow to, to, to do everything on every play is, is, is not, a tenable, not a sustainable thing. I mean, he's good, but he, he, he isn't there yet, and their defense isn't there yet either. So they're going to have more losses than wins at the end of the season. Uh, and I think you know, they're, they're a team that you watch out for if you're the Browns. Um, when you play them, they're going to be dangerous. They're not going to be a pushover. But this is the team that you're looking at. Like they're they're your competition in 2023, 2024. Um, when they start to get things, maybe 2022, they're not there yet this year, and uh, their record's going to reflect that. Yeah, and you know, you know, you go with the Steelers and the Ravens. You know, Steelers lose on Sunday. You know, Raiders obviously look like they're going to be pretty plucky this year and kind of be a you know a little bit of a P- PIA to everybody. Uh, they're going to give everybody 60 minutes of football. Um, you, know, you lose T.J. Watt. You know, they tried to opening up the deep passing a game uh, Sunday. With Ben, it's it's not there. Um, it's not Baltimore, there. <laughs> I, it's 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 not there. It's not. And if anybody wants a good laugh um, on social media, look up Juju Smith Schuster's route chart from Sunday. Because um, oh you goodness. could run his, you could run his entire route chart in your living room, folks. That's how that, that's how <laughs> the, the route chart went for Juju Smith Schuster. 
And the Ravens, I think the key for the Ravens, and, you know, some people had their doubts, but Oa, he is going to be wow. something. And that sub 4-4, four, four, and look, you know, it's Penn State. It's usually a little weighted over there in Happy Valley. But there is something there. He's electric. He's explosive. And this is a guy who maybe wasn't spoken about and maybe should be now where there's real potential there, Jeff, for him to possibly be the defensive rookie of the year. Isn't it crazy that, that we were worried about him in the draft process that he never got a sack? He didn't touch anybody. He didn't sack anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody who can run, I think he's, what, 260 pounds and runs a 4-3-7. I mean, it showed. Uh, it certainly showed against Kansas City, my goodness. Yeah, you know, everybody focuses on Lamar Jackson and the offense, and they're a work in progress. Lamar played a brilliant game, I thought, uh, against the Chiefs. Their defense – what they did to take Tyreek Hill away, that's scary if you're a Browns fan because they have shown the ability to take running backs out of the game if they want to do that too um, and, and sort of make you pick your poison. You know, So I'm you – know, look, the Ravens are good. You tip your hat to them. That's a good football team. They are the primary enemy because I, I'm not worried about Pittsburgh at all. Um, and then if T.J. Watts out – Joe Hayden continues to be out. Devin Bush continues to be out. You know, they, they've got serious problems uh, because their offense just—it's it, bad. Their offensive line, as much as as much as they've tried to, you know, spackle it over, you know, there's just massive cracks there. And, and Ben's not the kind of guy who can overcome that anymore. So I'm, you know, I don't want to dis, you know, and discount what Pittsburgh is, but they're not the threat. Baltimore's the threat, and uh, Baltimore's going to be two and one. They play Detroit which is going to be starting um, an undrafted safety at cornerback on the outside based on what we saw last night with, uh, with their top two quarters in, in, injured. So uh, Baltimore's going to be 2-1, so you've got to keep pace with your Cleveland, and that, that, that's what you've got to do. You gotta, your focus needs to be on Baltimore. You know, Pittsburgh is there. You know, I, get, I guess because Mike Tomlin is there, and I, I respect the hell of Mike Tomlin, I'm going to respect the organization, but uh, that's not a great football team right now. Um, you're worried about Baltimore if you're Cleveland. Yeah, and my thing for Mike Tomlin, and, you know, this was always what I got into in, over the summer with a lot of, you know, people I had on the show, and, and you're like, well, you love Mike Tomlin, so why are you writing this? I think Mike Tomlin is in a really, really bad situation. I think Mike Tomlin's okay. eyes are truly on what is the next part of this Steelers franchise, and, you know, well, Ben's still here, and it's like, well, you know, I've got to coach this team, but, you know, deep down inside, we're looking for the evolution and what is the next decade of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's kind of hard to do that. You know, why I got to try and nurse a guy who couldn't get through 16 games last year, try and nurse him through 17 games this year and see if, God forbid, we make January, if he's even got anything left by then. So it's a really difficult position for Mike Tomlin to be in. Jeff, just a quick thought or two on the league itself. I think for me, and it's it's certainly not being talked about, and Carolina is not the – you know, the hub of the NFL like it should be. But I am sure if you could catch Sam Darnold behind a building somewhere and say, Sam, what do you think about what's going on right now? <laughs> F them up north. <laughs> I'm loving this here. Nobody knew. The thing is, is you can understand why the Jets moved on. and yes. But you could also, and for me, it was also you could say, we don't know exactly what Sam Darnold is yet. So you may be moving on, but there could be a chance you could look back at this. And granted, it's only two two games thus far. There's a chance you could look back at this in a, a season and a half, two seasons, and say, damn, we had the guy in the building, and we moved on, and here we are still trying to figure this all out. 
Yeah, it's not easy to be a Jets fan, um, as you would know <laughs> from being in the area there. You know, I, Best I was, divorce I was, papers I ever signed in my life, Jeff. <laughs> I don't blame you for that one one bit, my friend. Uh, Carolina, what they did, New Orleans fascinates me. I mean, they absolutely blew out, mm-hmm. blew the doors off of Green Bay in week one. Week two, they ran 43 offensive plays. They had 17 plays at halftime. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. They got six first downs. Jameis Winston, that's how it happens. <laughs> that's, uh, I, I guess you ride the Jameis roller coaster there. You're going to get the lobster claw to the crotch every now and then. That's that's apparently what happened <laughs> that weekend. You know, give Carolina credit. that They're they're a surprise 2-0. You touched on the Raiders. What they're doing and the way that they're doing it, I don't think that they're a fluke, honestly. I, I think that that's a team that nope. has some sustainability. Uh, and, you know, the, the AFC West is interesting because Denver – has shown um, they're more consistent, I think, this year in, in what their performance is, and that defense is pretty darn good. You know, the Chargers, Justin Herbert's dangerous. Rayshon Slater, home run pick. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Rayshon Slater's just been a home run as, as their, their first-round pick. So they, they've got something working there. You know, that, that that's going to be very interesting to see that how that plays out. You know, that, that's the division – where you can see all those teams being three and one or five and two um, before they start beating the crap out of each other. So th- that bears watching. Um, but yeah, just, it's been a fun, unpredictable year. I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I, I'm, I'm so happy that football's back. I'm happy that fans are in the stands. Happy that we've got something to talk about instead of speculation all the time. That's, that, that's, uh, that's where my head's at, Jeff. <laughs> okay, and I'm just going to give you this one, Jeff, and you'll get a great, great chuckle out of this. Our buddy Pete Smith, never a big one to go to games, right? Goes Sunday to the Browns home opener and the bitter irony that Pete Smith goes to the Browns home opener where the Browns iron man Jarvis Landry gets injured. (laughs) And I'm I'm literally texting with Pete while he's in the stands. I'm talking with Stephen Thomas. Stephen Thomas is, did they find footage of Pete blowing the, uh, shooting the blow darts at Jarvis Landry's leg? But Pete finally (laughs) goes to a ball game. And it's the one where Jarvis Landry unfortunately leaves injured. That is the definition of irony, or or you know, sweet revenge for Pete. I guess that that's that's his windmill he's tilting at, and uh, his his sword hit home. Apparently, you know. Look, I love Pete. Uh, I I think he's a little bit you know out of his rocker on that, but but you know it's his, it's his thing. It's cool, um, and you know, I, I think he saw what. That there is, a, in fact, a drop. I, at least I hope Pete saw this. That there is, yes. in fact, a drop off from Jarvis Landry to Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, get well soon, Juice. We need you back. Um, look, I do think Pete has a point in that that Jarvis is probably overvalued by a significant portion of the fan base. I, I will give him that. Doesn't mean he's a bad football player, and nor do I think that Pete insinuates that he's a bad football player. He just insinuates that he's overpaid. Um, but yeah, that, that that that's crazy. Um, I, I'm I'm happy that he got to go to a game. I would have loved man, just seeing the, the the video shots from from Saturday night for people lining up in Cleveland. My God, yep. that's that that's awesome. That that's my hometown. That's why I'm I'm proud to, to always represent the 216, even though I haven't lived there in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, and just you know, I, I mean, all of it though, and and, the, and just to seeing the excitement of everybody and, and getting to go there and be there. Um, obviously for Browns fans, you know, last year, you know, it, it sucked because here you were, you know, enjoying this beautiful, beautiful run and not really getting to be a part of it. And of course, you know, Pete, as we're texting, 
whatever you do, don't mention I'm in this stadium. He was like, I might not make it out of here alive. <laughs> Please do not put this on social media. So being the good friend that I am for our buddy Pete, I did not mention that out until now. Um, he is Jeff Risden, whether it is Browns coverage with Browns Wire, whether it is Lions Wire, and Jeff will be in a couple times, and obviously we'll talk to Jeff you know, a little later on in the year during Lions Week. Real GM, like I mentioned, Jeff does a uh, pre-weekend column and a post-weekend column over there. It's always been one of my favorites because um, Jeff's basically just shooting from the hip, similar to how he talks is kind of how those columns are written. So make sure if you're not, you're checking those out. Uh, the show, Locked On Browns, uh, whether it is whatever uh, podcast platform you use, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Five-star ratings, written reviews. I do appreciate that. The Locked On Browns Twitter account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw follows over there. DMs are always open, as you guys know. We're going to progress through the week. Um, you've had your post-game show. You had your under the lens with John Costco of player grades. We sat down here with Jeff today. We got crossover Thursday coming with Lauren Cox from the Bears. Um, going to be a great week. Uh, you know, weeks seem to go faster after a W, so I hope everybody's getting through it thus far. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.